0: Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Season 2 of She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Terry Brosard williams Terry Brosard Williams believes leaders turn moments into movements. Through her accomplished career as a broadcast journalist, lobbyist, and American Heart Association leader, Terry has turned public and community service into a professional art form that has positively impacted thousands of lives. Building communities and giving back has been in Terry's blood long before she was born. Spanning back generations, Terry comes from a long line of community leaders who cared so passionately about their communities that they spearheaded movements. Her grandparents orchestrated the building of a new church when they saw their community desperately needed one. Years later, when the church tragically burned in a fire, Terry's father mobilized the community to rebuild it. Most individuals remember when they discovered their passion. But for Terry, it was a fire burning inside of her for as long as she could remember. She grew up volunteering and helping her parents extend Southern hospitality to foreign exchange students, college students, and faith based professionals. Upon graduation from Louisiana State University, Terry took on two different broadcasting positions before deciding to move into politics. Fundraising was one of the many skills Terry developed in her next position as a capital campaign coordinator at a local children's museum. For a year, Terry accepted a new position as a communication director for the Alex Sanders campaign for US Senate. Despite a hard fought campaign, Alex didn't win the seat, and Terry decided to pursue becoming a lobbyist. Over the next decade, Terry would make her career home at American Heart Association, realizing her dream of making significant community-shifting outcomes in her home state and later to surrounding states. Terry counts some of the most significant pieces of legislature passed as some of her accomplishments, including the 2006 Louisiana Smoke Free Air Act passed, one of the biggest defining moments in her career at the age of 28. Terry has also had her hand in passing legislation that moved junk food from school vending machines in Louisiana, requiring physical education in K through six in several states helping get stroke victims to hospitals faster in New Mexico, among many others. Terry's achievements have been recognized significantly within the American Heart Association over the last 14 years. In just her first year, she received the Rome Bates Award, the highest staff accolade awarded nationally to an American Heart Association employee in each department. She has also earned recognition as an Affiliate Manager of the Year and received other awards for cross team collaboration and mission champion. Terry is extremely invested in volunteering. Terry is currently a board member for the Association of Junior Leagues International, Louisiana State University National Diversity Advisory Board, Austin Area Urban League. I Live Here, I Give Here, and 2020 Leaders of America. The organizations she supports includes Leadership Austin, Concordia University, Given Cities Advisory Board, the Junior League of Austin, and the American Red Cross, as well as numerous positions in Lafayette, Louisiana, and Columbia, South Carolina, prior to arriving in Austin. Today, in addition to her responsibilities at the American Heart Association, Terry is focused on paying it forward, encouraging and building up others who want to make their own movements. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Terry Broussard Williams. So, Terry, I read your bio and I love how you have chosen to turn public and community service into a professional art form. Giving back is commendable. So thank you for your efforts in this area and for empowering others to do the same. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. And
1: thank you so much for having me here on your podcast.
0: No problem. I'm excited. Okay. So Terry, I'd like to thank you for taking time to be a guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today.
1: Thank you so much. It's wonderful that you do this outreach to women all over the world. There's not a lot of opportunities for women of color really to learn from each other. So thank you for the work that you do and for allowing me to be a part of this conversation.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, so now let's talk about leadership. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not.
1: Would you agree, Terry? Absolutely. And that's part of what the Movement Maker Tribe is all about. Okay. And tell us why you feel that way. Well, I, I truly believe that everyone is a leader. And I believe that leaders turn moments into movements. When I think of one of my first opportunities to serve as a volunteer, my mind immediately goes back to community service with my mother and her sorority sisters. Um, I was about the age of five, and my mom is a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, as I am as well. But at the time, it was just my mom. And so my mom and her, her sorority sisters were in charge of the Ivy Reading Academy. They would teach students in Lafayette, Louisiana, reading skills, and they would help them improve their reading skills as well. And my job was to hand out cookies and punch. And so I got to watch those women, women of color, go every Saturday and help others excel. And you might not think you know, that a room of just eight women could really be leaders and transform a community, but the area of Lafayette that they did did this work in truly had impact on that community. Most of the women who were members of that particular AKA chapter were also teachers and principals. So those little moments they had at the Ivy Reading Academy sometimes spilled over to the the work they did in their schools because those students were also students at their schools. Or there would even be parents of those students that would go and learn with their children because they didn't have the reading skills they needed. And so I just, those moments are precious to me because I got to see them start a movement. And so when I take that philosophy and apply it to so much of what I have learned in my 40 years on this earth and the work that I've done and the, the work that I've seen others do, really anyone can start a movement, even your podcast. You know, I'm sure you didn't anticipate when you had your first podcast that women all over the world would would tune into you to listen, but you have started a movement for women leaders of color.
0: Okay, thank you for that. All right, so you may have answered my second question, but I'll ask it anyway in case you have something different, which is, can you tell us when you first realized that you were a leader and what or who helped you come to this realization?
1: Hmm, and actually I, I would... Say that handing out cookies taught me that I can make a difference. I think I first realized that I was a leader in fourth grade. We had award ceremonies every May when I was growing up, and in fourth grade, I got the citizenship award. And if, if you know me, you know I do not like to be the center of attention and I do not like awards. And so I literally asked them when I went on stage to get the award why did they give it to me? And my mom was looking at me, and I was one of two African-American students in the class, and it was a, you know, mostly white Catholic school, just looking at me, like, smile for the picture and get your butt down here, you know, like our mom's <laughs> too. And, you know, afterwards, the teacher pulled me aside, and she was like, I see you helping other students. You gave someone your lunch this year. You gave someone your backpack, and I did. I would give everything away. My mom would always have to buy new stuff for me. And so... That truly was the moment where I realized that not only could you make a difference, but others were watching. And at times, when others watch, maybe they would follow and do the same, and there was something bigger than just that one action or that activity that you did. And so, I always go to that moment anytime I get an award, and I still find myself in a place where I'm asking why. I've learned not really to question my place in that that circle of leadership, but to say, how can I use this moment to inspire others so that they too might be able to obtain this award one day?
0: I like that. Thank you. Okay. All right. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Terry,
1: can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Yes, I actually, I love that question. There's so, so many times we don't really think about how we got to where we are and what makes us a unique leader, and, and also put it in a way that we can share with others. So I, I really do love this question. I There's five things that I really subscribe to. And when I was first thinking about how I wanted to communicate my blog, I wrote down the five things that matter to me. And I now call them fire starter tenants or mover maker tenants. And I think a fire starter is a person that aspires to do big things and can really make their community a better place. And These are the things that get me going. They ignite a fire in me. So I'd love to share them. The first one is never giving up. You know, no matter what you do, just don't give up. Always finish what you start. This is second. There's so many times that you could take an easy out as a leader, but you got to finish what you started. There's always a reason why you were the person that started it. Live with grace. You know, try not to point fingers at others when things happen, but always remember that we judge people by their behaviors but we judge ourselves by our intent. So a lot of times it might feel different on the receiving end, but I try to give people grace and remember what probably what their intent. Always extend acts of encouragement. I am the person that will leave a note on someone's desk or send a random Marco Polo or a text just to tell a friend that I'm thinking of them or to wish someone luck on a big day. And the last one is investing in action. I was about to forget my very favorite one. (laughs) You know, to do the work of a leader, you really have to invest in your community and you really have to invest in people and yourself. And so that's something that I'm always trying to do, even when I I just said, you know, how can I take others along that journey so they can get that award? That's the investment piece. And that truly is my
0: favorite thing to do as a leader. Okay, I like that. Yes, and I can tell that from just your business and your service in general. I also like the one that you said about how we look at our own intentions, but other people's actions. I think that's something I'll have to keep remembering because that is a a pain point. We do, We, we know what we intend. So we forgive ourselves, but then we don't know what someone else may intend and we just look at what they do. So that is a great code of leadership. Thank you for sharing.
1: And of the truth, though, you know?
0: Yes, it definitely is. Okay, so I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider it failure. I like to consider it more like lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Terry, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to share two quick stories. One, I am a recovering perfectionist like most leaders are, you know, definitely in the recovery stage. And so for so long, I thought I had to nail things because people expected me to always nail it. They gave me a task or a leadership role or asked me to be a part of a committee because I would nail it. And so I put all this pressure on myself to get it right. And so a lot of times I would fail, not the project, but fail myself because I really wasn't telling the true story of what it took to get to the end. You know, you get to the point at times when it just looks too easy. And so you're not receiving the grace from others that you need to make it through a day. And others don't really understand your your full intent. And so about three years, I landed in a space where I truly was struggling to do all of my community service activities. And I was Membership VP of the Junior League of Austin, which has 2,500 women. And I think I was, I'm the only African American to serve as membership VP. So it really meant a lot to me. And, you know, I was getting everything done, but it just didn't feel like anyone cared or paid attention and I was trying to really move the needle on, on thinking member centric instead of bylaw centric and didn't really explain that philosophy because I was just knocking out the task. And really not taking the time to um, talk through my why, my intent, and what I was trying to do. And so I what I learned through that is a couple of things happen. You know, so if you are a perfectionist and you're really trying to nail it and no one knows you're struggling, people are going to think that it's easy for you and that you're always perfect. At times, people might resent you for that because they too are struggling and they might not look perfect. Or they might not know how to hold it together a little more. And that might put a target on your back because things don't come as easy for others. And so I have an executive coach. And my executive coach at that time is different from the one I have now. Both are phenomenal women. Said to me, and this is the second part of the story. You know, Terry, it looks very easy to others what you're doing. I hear you and I, I hear that it's not that you feel the weight of the world is on your shoulders because you are a black membership VP. You're going through a change at work and you're still trying to give your all to junior league. And you're trying to be a white, you know, a daughter and a friend. And she's like, you are the most authentic person that I know you are being real on this moment with me, but you're not showing up authentic to anyone else. You're not being real to anyone else. And so again, your intent is how you are judging yourself. Your behavior is how others are judging you. And so They think that you think you're perfect and they think that, you know, you don't realize that you're making mistakes here or there, or you're making these changes that you're wanting to make. No one understands what you're doing. And so at that moment, I just decided to be real. And I always was being real, but I was probably holding it in a little much. So, you know, if I'm a hot mess, you're going to get that I'm a hot mess on that day. I'm going to tell you. Might not look it, but I'm going to let you know. You know, I thought something could have been done better. I'm going to tell you, not because I want praise, but because that lets you know that maybe if you give me an extra day or two, I can make it better for the organization. Or if I didn't have time to crank it out like I wanted to, hey, this is the best that I got today. This is what you're going to get. And so the way that I'm showing up to people has changed dramatically. And especially over the last year, I'm just so much more comfortable with who I am at all times. And I'm a strong introvert that appears to be an extrovert. And so when I hit that sweet spot, I'm comfortable anywhere. And for us introverts, sometimes you can be placed in situations where you, you might not feel like you can just open up to anyone. That's probably a two-part leadership lesson that I love sharing with others.
0: Okay, thanks for that. Yes, I heard a few Things in that which is being okay with not being perfect and letting people see your true authentic self, and also getting making sure that people understand your why and getting their buy-in so that they can be for you and agree with you.
1: Yes, yeah, it.
0: Okay, all right. So Terry, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem, and why?
1: Wow. That is a question with a punch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have me have, I have all the fields right now. If they say hashtag all the fields, but I think it just depends on the day. You know, some days it's easy because I'm female and I can juggle a whole lot and I'm resilient. There are other days when it's hard because I have to bring my A game. That's 110% better than the guy that comes with privilege, you know? And other times, you know, when I'm in a at a table among peers, it can definitely feel like it's, it requires the same effort. And on the other end, from the guy, I might have the edge and might not know it. And, and so I, I think you have to just really assess where you are in your entrepreneurship phase and where you are in your environment and really use a lot of the leadership skills that we talked about today, you know, being resilient, never giving up and showing grace to really flex the muscles that you need at the appropriate time. But if I had to bottom line it, I think as boss babes, really got to use all of our skills all the time to be our best.
0: Okay. I like that point of view. It could be easier, harder, or it can require the same effort depending on the day and the circumstance and situation. That was a new one. That's a new one. And I, I really like it. So thanks for sharing. Okay, so productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Terry, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all the tools is a, all the tools. So I use a self journal, and I think it's Best Self Company. And so it, I used to have a gratitude journal that was separate. And but this actually combines them both. In the morning, I could think about what I'm grateful for. Um, it also helps me track my habits, my goals, and my time for the day. It also asks me what are my three big things that I must accomplish that day. And at the end of the day, how did I feel throughout the day? What did I get done? And what am I grateful for? Um, and it even asks you, what lessons did you learn? And so that definitely keeps me on point with my large tasks and my projects. Right now, I'm in school at the University of Pennsylvania, just launched a website and a blog, you know, and I manage a very large team of staff lobbyists and contract lobbyists in six states. So there's no time for anything else. So I really have to stay focused. That's my number one tip. The other things that I've adjusted to over the last year is listening to Audible on the treadmill, in the shower, and when I'm doing my makeup. And so that lets me get in about two books in in a week. And usually I'm looking for inspiration for blog articles or or things for work. It's rare that I listen to something that's fun, but I do get something fun in every once in a while. Love Trevor Noah's book. That was my last fun book. And usually on my way home from work, I listen to CNN in the car or Fox or MSNBC. I don't discriminate. As a lobbyist, I need to understand everybody's point of view, but that allows me to get the news of the day so I can process it before going to bed and be ready for work the next day. I truly use all of the time I have just to really focus. Um, So that might leave, leave the question, when do I wind down? I try to always leave an hour to an hour and a half at night not to do anything, fit in some reality TV. (laughs) and talk to my husband just so I can relax a little bit and always go to the hair salon on Saturdays, Saturday morning at seven. And I'm usually on my laptop at the hair salon, (laughs) but that's relaxing to me.
0: Nice, nice. So making the best use of the time that you have, right? Because as women, we don't always have a lot of time, but you have to figure out where to fit in what you need to fit in to be successful. So that's great. All right. So Terry, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and what the outcome or takeaway that you learned was?
1: Oh, there's so many. Oh my gosh, there's so many. One of that happened a year ago this week. I on the international board for the association of junior Leagues international and been in the junior league for 15 years and you know i've come across so many phenomenal women and it's not traditionally a space where someone of color might really have a deep experience or really meet people that they just were tied to for the rest of their life we were at a meeting last may in minnesota and I sit on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee because I want to help build a system where more women of color can thrive in the junior league, because I've had so many struggles of my own. And I've really been blessed with a mentor on that board named Audrey Ring, who also served as chair of the D and I committee. And Audrey is a fierce champion for D and I, and I've learned so much the past two years from her. And I've also um, had a a great mentor as well by the name of uh, Carol Goodman, who's Audrey's dear friend. And a peer who um, I got to spend time with is Tina Winham. She and I will have one more year left on the board. And so Audrey and I were just coming off of a really strong, strong work team meeting where we were making some progress on D&I, doing some phenomenal things. We've talked about privilege on the board, We've talked about race. We've talked about building a grant program so that we could do the work with resources and embed it throughout the community. And we were sitting down, just really talking about the day. Had a great dinner. Tina and I did a little shopping. And that next morning, I got a phone call from my mother saying that my dad had passed away. And it was really a hard moment being away from your family when your father passes away and it was he was sick but it was an unexpected time so i called audrey it was very early it was like six o'clock and we actually didn't have to be there until nine So that's very rare and audrey carol and tina just were in my room in less than five minutes i don't know how they did what they did but they packed my bags they got me on some breakfast they got me in an uber my plane to get was ready. And I was on the plane and I didn't have to worry about a thing. And so, you know, that blessing really taught me that we do our community service around people all the time. And we might be working along the side of the people that will serve as angels. And it goes back to just showing people grace. You know, there probably was a time when I drove Audrey crazy with questions on the d committee. Or, you know, I might've looked at Tina like, where are you? We are late. Or you, she got us lost in Mexico one time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, you know, Carol was always there keeping us together. We call her the Jackie O of, of our family. But in that very moment when I needed them the most, they loved me. And so you have to look for the good in everyone in your servant leadership, because again, you will never know when they will show up. And. I landed at my mother's house. They had already called a check on me. And the next day, there was plenty of food to feed my family. Their gift and their blessing, even today, I, I love those women. And they have forever touched my heart.
0: That's awesome. Oh, wow. And they sound great. Yes. Having good support system and mentors and people that just have your back when you really need it is definitely a blessing. Thanks for sharing that story.
1: Yeah, I love those ladies.
0: Yes. Okay. So, Terry, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and how you've implemented it into your
1: life? Oh, man. I've given you guys a lot of my golden nuggets. This is one that I've given myself lately. (laughs) And I actually have blogs about it. I've mentioned my blog a couple of times. It's www.movementmakertribe.com. There should be one or two shameless self promotions throughout this podcast, right? <laughs> but i found my place myself in a place where i was just overcommitted to organizations in the community and not so much from a capacity standpoint but i was saying yes to things that i didn't really want to say yes to i felt expected to say yes or i felt like i would be the only black person in town they would ask to do it if i didn't do it who would do it or doing things that I really should have done later in life at the moment that someone may be asked instead of saying yes, but later. So I have adopted a philosophy of no, not now, or no, not for me, let me connect you with someone else. So no, no, comma, not now, or no, not for me, but let me connect you to some someone else. And that's given me space To invest in myself, like go back to school and start a website and a blog. The no, not right now still allows me to contribute to things that I care about, but on a timeline that feels right for me and my family. And the no, not me, but let me connect you to someone else, that allows me to create a pathway for others who might not ever get a chance to empty an event, chair a committee, or get asked to sit on a board, and so this year has like 2018 has been far more fulfilling for me than a lot of the years that I've had in the past because I've used that as as my guidepost.
0: Nice, I like that. Yes, we definitely have to learn how to say no, and I like your no, not right now, and the no, but let me connect you to someone else. That is so awesome actually had to use the no, not right now for myself and trying to push. I wanted my book release to be June 6th for whatever reason, but it was starting to drive me crazy. So I had to realize no, not right now to my own self. So not only to other people, but sometimes we have to say that to ourselves as well in relation to what's working and what's not really working. So thank you.
1: And it's always so powerful when you do it. It's like this, this, you have this release when you, you, probably expect to feel bad about it, but it it like makes you more happy. You just keep it moving.
0: Exactly. I totally agree with you. Okay. So you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? (laughs) You're
1: wonderful. I've enjoyed this so much.
0: Great. Thank you. I've enjoyed it as well. All right. So I want to thank you again for being my guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, or ventures that they
1: would benefit from knowing about? I would just love for everyone to visit my blog. It is www.movementmakertribe.com are on my website terrybwilliams.com and terry is t-e-r-r-i b as in boy williams.com i'm looking to start a conversation with women leaders especially women leaders of color so i would love for everyone to sign up for my newsletter i will be sending out a newsletter no less than once a month share comments on the blog articles and just Let's learn to lead, but inspire others to create change through each other. I know all of your listeners are fire starters. Each of them is a truly a fire starter. And I also know they're leaders. And so leaders turn moments into movement. So let's start a movement together.
0: Okay. Yes, I like that. Let's start a movement together, ladies. Thank you, Terry. We appreciate you today. I really enjoyed this interview with Terry. I love Terry's passion for community service. Community service provides a positive impact on society, increases life skills and knowledge, as well as services those in need. Community service is an act of selflessness, and Terry has proven to be a selfless individual through her various deeds for her community and surrounding areas. A quote by Dorothy Height reads Without community service, we would not have a strong quality of life. It's important to the person who serves as well as the recipient. It's the way in which we ourselves grow and develop. I admire Terry's fire starter and movement maker tenets. According to Terry, we should, number one, never give up, number two, always finish what we start number three, live with grace, number four, always extend active encouragement, and number five, invest in action. These are great tips and values to live by. The tenant that stood out for me the most was to live with grace. As Terry stated, we judge others by their behaviors, but judge ourselves by our intent. If we learn to step outside ourselves and look at the intent of others like we do ourselves, we can overcome any misunderstanding and feelings of mistreatment. Successful leaders gracefully interpret the actions and behaviors of others in an effort to find the silver lining in every cloud. I can relate to Terry's reference of being a recovering perfectionist as I myself have battled with overcoming perfectionism. As Terry mentioned, when we suffer from perfectionism, we place extreme pressure on ourselves to get everything right. This can be an overwhelming and stagnating feeling. Learning to be satisfied with your efforts, even if it's not what you would consider to be perfect, is a step in the right direction for overcoming perfectionism. According to Ann Wilson-Shape's, perfectionism is self abuse of the highest order in order to care for ourselves we must learn that it is okay not to be perfect as honestly nobody is perfect anyway
1: Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week
0: Terry mentioned the importance of staying focused and referenced different ways to use your time efficiently my takeaway for this week is to make better use of my time as often as possible I like Terry's reference of listening to audiobooks while doing her makeup and other activities that do not take much brain power. I will definitely adopt this into my life as I want to read more, but honestly have not taken the time to do so. Listening to audiobooks works for my lifestyle and will allow me to seamlessly broaden my horizon.
1: And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week.
0: We want to hear from you. We would love to know your thoughts on leadership empowerment with Terry Brosard Williams. What did you learn? What did you agree with? What do you like? Or you can tell us what you did not like, what you do not agree with, or what you think should be changed. Go to Facebook at She Leads Podcast and let us know. Respondents will be entered into a random drawing for a Genius is Common t-shirt. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.